This is New York's Asset Protection Roundtable with Ted Alatsis of Alatsis Law Firm. Our mission at Alatsis Law Firm is to assist you with the three pillars of protection, preserving your assets, providing you help, and protecting your future. Glad to have you back inside another episode of New York's Asset Protection Roundtable, a three pillars of protection program. He's Ted Alatsis, attorney and counselor at law. Atlantis Law Firm. I'm Ben George. We're glad to talk to you today. Got to go through the mailbag, open it up, hear what you have to say and what you're curious about. We'll throw out those questions to Ted in just a little bit. Ted, welcome in. How are you? I'm doing great, Ben. Hope all is well with you. Things are doing well. We got another good show. Got some mailbag questions to dive into. And of course, our legalese of the day, which I've, I've, the ones we've previously talked about, I've kind of been at least aware of what they are. Might not know all about uh, the ones we've described and, and defined before. But today, I've got to say I'm completely clueless when it comes to codicil. Okay. Well, a codicil is, for lack of a better term, it's an amendment uh, to a will. Uh, so you know, if, if you have a will that's intact and you really don't want to necessarily change much, but say you want to change who your executor is or you're, you know, you, you had a will that said everything goes to your kids, but now you know, one of them has a child and you want to you know, leave something for your grandchild, then you know, rather than upset the entire will, you're, you're just amending the will to add a, a provision or two um, you know, rather simply. Um, and so that, that essentially is what a, a codicil is, an amendment to the will. It has to be executed the same way a, a will does. So it has to be you know, witnessed by two people. It, has to, it, it still has to have you know, all the formalities of a will, but it doesn't necessarily change the entirety of the of the will. So is there an amendment or change that's not a codicil? I mean, obviously, if you're rewriting or voiding the document, that would fall there. But is there any other change that would not fall under that term? Uh, not necessarily. I, I mean, you, you, you know, there's you run into a sort of a gray area when you start doing codicils that really change the intent and um, and wishes that are in a will, and then at that point you probably should evaluate whether you just need to do a whole new will and just you know uh, make the changes that way. Um, you know, one of the the drawbacks of doing a codicil is that, especially if you're changing something or removing someone from your previous will, the the codicil kind of puts that person now on notice. It creates you know unintended may may create some unintended rights. So you, you may you may want to. You know, when you're consulting with your attorney about whether a codicil makes, you know, more sense than changing the will in its entirety, that's the, one of those things you, you really should be considering or discussing. Okay, that's very good to know. So, again, codicil is our legalese of the day. We try to do this every couple of episodes to try to just keep you up to date on some terms that you might hear that you might or might have seen before, but maybe don't un- completely understand. We try to provide a little bit of that clarity here on the podcast. All right. Got a mailbag edition of the show. If you have questions for us for future episodes, please send them in. AlatsisLawFirm.com is the website. You can contact the team there, or you can call directly 718-233-2903. And also all of our podcasts can be found right there at AlatsisLawFirm.com. All right, first question today comes in from Mark, who says, My company has a legal insurance plan that only costs $15 per paycheck. Supposedly, that coverage includes an attorney you can help put together my estate plan. Seems awfully cheap and too good to be true. So how do these programs work? Am I actually getting a good deal? Um, Mark, that's a, a great question. I hear you know people talk about these programs all the time, and it really depends on the program. Uh, but generally speaking, you know when you're you know, you're provided with 
you know, lawyers at such a low cost, what you're generally getting is very general and basic uh, plans if you're if they're you know doing estate planning for you, and that's typically a will, power of attorney, healthcare proxy, and you know that may be an appropriate you know plan for for you, but the likelihood that it's going to involve a very detailed estate plan that uh, you know provides asset protection or you know considers you know Medicaid planning or things of of that nature uh, is pretty small. Um, you know, fifteen dollars per paycheck you know, provides, you know, a certain amount of very basic type of coverage, but it's, you know, the same, same thing as, you know, any kind of any other insurance, right? They'll, there are certain things they'll cover, but there's certain things they won't. And that's, you have to be really detailed with regards to that, um, that insurance plan or that, that services plan that you're getting and, um, you know, inquire, you know, as to greater details, the types of services that they would provide in, in the estate planning area. I don't think I've ever seen that uh, from that option from any of my employers, so I'm not totally sure how it all works. But is that, I guess, the other drawback I would assume would be that if you ever left the company, that would you'd never have no longer have that assistance, right? I would assume so. I mean, it depends again on the plan. I mean, you still, you know, at the end of the day, they're still your lawyer. So at that point, you may have to pay privately for additional services, and and a lot of times, what what happens with these plans is that it is sort of a you know copay reduction or you may get a discount on fees typically speaking you know um, there may be a cap as to the services you'll you'll get with the coverage and then if you want anything extra you've got to pay out of pocket for that it's very rare that you know a plan especially at that price point um, will give you you know the the type of um, detailed estate planning um, that you would typically get in a private pay um, situation all right very good. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you for that question, Mark, and, and a great question to be asking. So I'm glad you sent it in to us. Next question here on the podcast comes in from Denny. It says, my wife and I have joint names and beneficiary designations on all of our accounts. What purpose would getting a will even serve? Won't the beneficiary designations take care of getting the money to my children after we die? Uh, Denny, that's a, that's a great question. And we run into this all the time. And certainly, you know, for some people, you know, designating beneficiaries on accounts uh, is, uh, is a way to go uh, to make sure that what you have goes to your beneficiaries very simply. Um, but what it does not afford is, you know, the certain level of control. It does not certainly protect um, the beneficiaries should there be creditors or other people who are uh, going after them, not you, for uh, the repayment of debts or liabilities, and so you know, designating a beneficiary, while you know, maybe simple for you, may be creating a problem for the beneficiaries themselves. Of course, if you've done all that and you've got beneficiaries designated or everything, then a will may not necessarily serve any purpose. But you know, certainly, you know, when you when you sit down and have a conversation with a a good estate planning attorney, they will explain to you the negative. Uh, implications or potential negative implications of just designating beneficiaries on everything and um, not necessarily planning out your estate in a in a more logical manner. Almost seems like maybe they got some advice from someone that's maybe not an estate planning attorney because it seems like based on what I've learned is that some of the general advice you just receive from people is that hey, all you need to really do is take care of your beneficiaries and and you're pretty much all set. They don't they 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 fail to see the 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 benefits and the need for the detailed uh, planning. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. And, and, you know, that generally speaking, when people have come in here and said they've got designated beneficiaries doing things, then what they're what they're doing is um, they've spoken to a financial planner or a bank 
a bank uh, representative who said, hey, just, you know, put this one as your beneficiary, put that one in, and then you don't have to worry about, you know, doing a will or or anything of that nature. So that's typically what's happening in that scenario. So yeah, you're right. That's exactly, that's exactly, um, I would say nine times out of 10, that's the reason why people are, are doing, are, are doing that type of planning. Denny, thanks for sending that in. We appreciate your question. I got one more from Charlotte. Says, my boyfriend just proposed to me. We're going to buy a house together, but the wedding isn't for a couple of years. Congratulations, Charlotte. Should we get our estate plan done now or should we wait until after we get married? I don't want to have to redo everything and waste all of that time and money. That's a, that's a great question. It's really, you know, we, we lawyers, our favorite answer to every question is it depends. And in this <laughs> instance, it, it depends, right? So it's going to depend a lot on, you know, whether the two of you are going to be doing a prenuptial agreement. It's going to depend a lot on what type of assets you have. And how they're titled, it's going to depend a lot on what your uh, intentions are with your estate. And so, you know, all those things are going to going to play into it. So, you know, before you make a decision one way or the other, I think it makes sense that you you each um, have a conversation with a lawyer, probably a separate lawyer, so that you can discuss, you know, what's in your respective best interest before you make a determination as to as to how you proceed. Yeah, it's a great question. I, you know, it's good to be thinking about that ahead of time. It's, it's a responsible uh, question to be asking now. So we appreciate you sending that in to us, Charlotte. All right, that's it for questions today on the mailbag. Again, if you have anything on your mind, we'd love to hear from you. LatsisLawFirm.com, that is the website. There's a link there to contact Ted and the team uh, if you want to do it there. But you can also call directly. The phone number is 718-233-2903. But a ton of great resources on the website. If you're looking to learn more or have any specific questions, start by just hopping on the website and be able to get your answers there. But again, you can always call and reach out if you have further questions. And again, we want to thank Mark and Denny and Charlotte for doing that today on the podcast. I will close it out, Ted, on that note. Uh, Thanks for your time as always. And we'll chat again soon. Great, friend. Great talking to you. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.